This podcast may contain explicit language and themes, so listener discretion is advised. Ill-advised, misinformed, our half-baked opinions will be performed. Are you ready? Is the mic on? Welcome to the Hill to Die On. You're listening to A Hill to Die On, a podcast hosted by two stubborn as shit Aussies who give hot takes on a different topic, go away to dig deeper, and then reconvene to share whether or not their hot take hill was worth dying on. We're your hosts, barely clairsentient companions, Josie Spicer and Cara Brooks. This week, we're discussing, should you wash new clothes before wearing them? But before we get into that, we just wanted to welcome our newest franial to the bunch, Jace. You are now a franial. Oh, franial. Thanks, Jace. Thanks. Washing new clothes before you wear them. Do you do it? So my hill, should you wash your clothes? Yes. But whether or not I act upon my own belief, no. But only specifically to me. I Yeah, like I wash Edgar's clothes, but not mine. Uh, what about you, Kara? What's your hill? Mine's just no. Because I can't, I feel like you probably should. But it's like not eating food off the floor. Like... You probably shouldn't do it, you know, so you probably should wash your clothes before you wear them, but I definitely don't. And I guess my logic is like most of my clothes I buy online, right? Like I don't generally buy stuff from clothing stores. I don't like going shopping physically. But when stuff arrives, I have to try it on to see if it fits. Obviously, I can't wash it before I try it on because then you can't send it back. And so at that point, I'm like, well, I've already put it on. Like, it's already on my body. Yeah, I'm like, anything that's wrong with it is already on me. And I'm usually, like, so excited that I have something new that I'm like, no, I'm going to fucking wear it right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> and no. I just, I'm not going to wash it. And it feels nicer. It's like clothes get a little bit fucked each time you wash them. Oh, and absolutely. so why would I, like, pre-fuck it before I've even worn it? <laughs> I Look, you basically summed up all my feelings <laughs> for how I personally operate. But I still, like, I feel like... A cursory wash uh, before wearing it. Just, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's, this is what I'm excited to find out whether or not you actually have to wash it. Like, if, if, what's the likelihood of you being harmed? Yeah, like what's on it? Well, okay, I have a couple of points on this. So, Hugh, he does wash his clothes before he wears them, which I always find disappointing because I'll like buy him a t shirt or something. And then I'm like, aren't you going to wear it? And he's like, yeah, it's in the wash. Like, <laughs> like oh, what the fuck? <laughs> but, he says that chemicals, like there's chemicals on the clothes and that's what you should be washing off for one. Um, like, you know, when, especially if I'm like ordering like weird cheap shit. Yes. Um, which, yeah, I get probably. But like I said, I've already tried it on. So in my head, it's or- the chemicals are already on me. I'm not having a shower after I wear it in terms of like, I'm not, you know, putting it on quickly, taking it off and then jumping in the shower. Like usually if I'm trying on clothes, it's directly after I've showered. But Another thing, so, <laughs> and I get like, you know, in these COVID times, we, you know, even more so, you probably should be washing clothes before wearing them, especially because if someone else has sent back the same item, um, like they've tried it on and sent it back, and then you're trying it, you know what I mean? Like you could easily pass things on that way. But the other week, I was sending back a shirt. And I was talking to Hugh while I was packing the the bag that the shirt was going back in. And I have this weird like skin condition in my ears. I don't know if it's psoriasis or what, but it it sort of extends from my scalp into my inner ear. And um, I was like standing there talking to him while scratching my ear without realizing I was doing it. And then he was like, you see how you just uh, (laughs) in your ear and then you touch that bag? And I was like, oh, 
yeah. And he was like, yeah, that's why I say you should wash your clothes before wearing them. And I was like, yeah, but still nah. (laughs) (laughs) You absolute grub. (laughs) But also can relate. (laughs) And like I had some friends that I asked about this, like as in because this is what made me think of it as a topic because it came up in some, I don't even remember the context of the conversation, but a couple of them had said like it was in a group chat of five of us and a couple had said like no or like at least not all the time but yes to underwear as if that was like a different category oh yeah that's and a I was, weird line to draw it on yeah and I was like I didn't say it I think at the time yeah. they're probably gonna listen to this and they'll find out I don't wash my underwear like new I mean, I do wash my underwear <laughs> but I don't wash new underwear before wearing it like it extends to all of my clothes I really don't care like yeah no same like I'm not gonna you know nothing's gonna go up there I hope mm. I hope there's no horror stories about that anyway <laughs> no I'm the same though like I, I find that to be a really funny um line to draw it at like I don't buy clothes very often I have to think like the the last few times that I've bought underwear it's been I don't know maybe I'm wearing the wrong type or something like that and I can see them through my jeans so I quickly buy a pair from like cotton on and I'm just putting them straight on like emergency is an emergency like I'm not gonna wash that shit like I need the undies now (laughs) exactly (laughs) times of the essence guys I guess like there might be a worry that someone's tried the undies on first but that's the thing like isn't most stores you're not allowed like isn't that a general rule like you're not supposed to try on underwear when have store policies stopped anyone from doing anything? Very true. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> so, I mean, I certainly haven't tried undies on, like, at a store, like, that you're not allowed to. Even at, like, when I'm trying on bikinis, I'll still, like, wear, wear undies yeah, underneath. Same. I don't want to feel that plastic. I'm probably going to find out, like, all my fucking skin conditions and shit are from this. <laughs> Like how I'm like, yeah, I've got fucking like psoriasis or something in my ear. And it's like, oh yeah, that, whatever that is, is just like dermatitis from not washing your fucking clothing and putting it <laughs> in your head, you dickhead. <laughs> like, uh, probably not. Probably not. But yeah. no, I, realistically, I, I don't think, unless you have sensitive skin, Cara. I do. Like, yeah, you do. <laughs> probably, uh, it's probably not like going to hurt you too yeah. much. I don't know. I just think like they're designed for people to be trying them on. Why would they? make them super damaging like doesn't a lot of stuff come like pre-washed pre-shrunk I guess like the main thing would be um other people wearing it first yeah true and I think I would probably judge it more by that like if I got a package where it was really clear that someone else had tried it on question though if you are thrifting something and you buy it do you wash it only if it smells weird And (laughs) and it also depends on the shop because there's some places where it's like high-end boutique retro like secondhand kind of places where they've clearly pre-washed stuff or only accept stuff that's Mm -hmm. pre-washed and you can kind of tell but if it's like a proper salvos kind of deal and it's like musty and mothball smelling yeah hell yeah I'll wash it like yeah when I bought secondhand stuff online and then it arrives smelling a bit weird I'm like Mm -hmm. yeah I'll like soak the shit out of that like Yeah. yeah I think I usually wash my thrifted clothes I definitely did. I found a um, a brand new dress that uh, recommended retail price, um, like $280. And it fit, fits me perfectly, but it smelled like wee. Like it's clear someone went oh. out for a big night and it smelled like wee-wee. <laughs> but I was like, there's no way I'm passing up on this dress. Like I, luckily it did fit me. I didn't try it on at the store because it smelled like wee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I took it home and I soaked it. And like if it does smell like wee again, 
it's my own fault. So um, <laughs> that was definitely one of the standout moments where I'm like, I, I need to wash this. Okay, well, let's go away and see what we've been doing right or wrong. And we'll come back and chat about it. And refuse to change our ways. Can't wait. So, Cara, it's been some time since we last recorded. And in fact, I have spoken to you about your research already, but uh, my end of the chat kept glitching out. So I sounded like a freaking robot. So uh, we're basically re-recording this half of the episode again. So to our listeners, nothing's going to come as a surprise um, this time around. And I don't know how good my acting is and I'm sure you're the same, Cara. Yeah, we'll just pretend that, um, you know, I mean, to be fair, though, we both, I think, have kind of shit memories. The the contrarian in me is like, oh, I fucking don't. (laughs) When I wrote it down to then having to say it the first time, I feel like I forgot a bunch of shit. Like, I was surprised rereading it. So (laughs) I'll probably surprise myself again tonight. Cara, can you take us through what you found in regards to uh, whether or not we should be washing our clothes after we buy them. Basically, the first article I read was on the Spruce and it was by Mary Marlowe Leverett, who is their laundry and housekeeping expert. Still funny. (laughs) Damn it. I I feel like I can't make the joke again. I'm like, we've already Uh, laughed about this. No, it's still fucking funny. What was it? Oh, when I was looking at different postgraduate degrees online and going through uh, scholarships that were available, there was one that's Mm -hmm. a scholarship that's like, if it's in an uh, area of home economics for postgrad. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. yeah. And I was like, damn, I didn't even know that was like, obviously it is because food technology and stuff like that counts as home economic, like a home economic adjacent area, you know. But I was like, fuck, I totally right. feel like to me, I just think of what I did in high school. So it's like, oh, basic cooking and sewing, like that's home economics, you know, not all the sort of useful things. I mean, that's actually the most useful thing I studied in high school. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the only thing I've actually used in real life, I think, from high school. I read an article and it said there were three reasons to wash new clothes before wearing them. And, you know, we started this week, well, this episode where I said that I don't believe um, you should have to wash new clothes before wearing them because I don't do it. So you should. I I knew that you probably should, (laughs) but I still was stubborn enough to say I'm still not gonna. Yeah, and I have a story um, about that when we get to the very end that I'll I'll tell you. But in the meantime, um, okay. number one reason or first reason, probably not the most important, uh, loose dye transfer. So dye can be transferred to the skin or to other garments. Obviously, if it was a really colourful garment on white, it would be more of an issue. I wear all black all the time, so that doesn't affect me in the slightest. Um, most synthetic fabrics, so polyester, acrylic, um, nylon, they're coloured with azoaniline dyes, um, which apparently can cause severe skin reactions, especially in small children, which is similar to poison oh. ivy. Uh, mild reactions are like dry, itchy and flame patches of skin, which I think like most people have probably experienced on some level, whether or not you knew it was from that or not. And it might not have been from that, but it's just like mild dermatitis, I think. Right, yeah. The second reason is far grosser. Bacteria, fungus and insects. So it's possible to transfer lice, scabies, bacteria, and fungus from one person to another when clothes are tried on, which I made this joke before, and I'm going to say it again. Um, (laughs) 
if it happens when it's tried on, then like in for a penny and for a pound. So right, yeah. <laughs> like I don't yeah, at that point I'm like, you know, the longer you're wearing it, obviously the higher the chances that you'll be like prolonged exposure. You're more likely to contract whatever is on there. But also if you could get it just from trying it on, then yeah, yeah you kind of fucked regardless. But underwear, it said germs from feces or even genital infections uh, mm. can be contracted, <laughs> which fucking feral. <laughs> so fucking gross. Yeah. And as per our last recording that you'll never hear, audience, <laughs> um, I made a point of like the fact that you can go to like swimwear places and they'll have like a layer of plastic over the crutch so you can theoretically take your underpants off and and try it on just like freeballing it i guess <laughs> <laughs> and i and then i back from our uh what was it should you eat food off the floor episode i think yeah you know it we realized like we found out that any kind of like bacteria touching a like non-porous surface means that it's just kind of just kind of stay in there ready ready to pounce so um that gives me more apprehension about trying anything on that totally gonna like even potentially is touch someone's crutch (laughs) (laughs) three chemical irritants um an example of that is urea formaldehyde which is used to prevent mildew forming on clothes that are shipped long distances in hot humid conditions um if you have sensitive skin you can develop a rash uh, one washing won't remove all the formaldehyde, but it reduces the resin significantly and it continues to be removed with each wash. So chemical finishes are especially irritating to people with eczema, including atopic dermatitis. And it's very important for those people, like people who have you know, immune issues like that, um, to wash excess dyes from the fabric. Um, and the quote that I pulled out says, a full wash is needed to remove most contaminants. Use a heavy-duty laundry detergent with enough enzymes to break apart soils and the highest water temperature recommended for that type of fabric. And we were both like, lol, cold cycle. Absolutely not, yes. <laughs> that's one thing I won't change, yeah. Like, and that should be enough, right? Like, it's washing it with detergent in cold yeah. water. Like, you don't need to fucking boil it. <laughs> well, maybe you do. <laughs> And we just don't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> because also, Kara, that last section, does that sound at all familiar to you? How do you mean? In terms of like, you know, uh, like even wools and stuff like that, maybe bothering your skin and you're already susceptible to, to like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me something new, Josie. Yeah. Yeah. It made me reevaluate like any time I've had skin rashes, which is surprisingly, you know, actually maybe not that surprisingly semi-regularly and yeah some of it is probably from exactly that like definitely from not washing new clothes the next article i read was a time magazine article that said what it was sorry it was titled why you should always wash new clothes before wearing them (laughs) and it was by markham heed published 23rd of july 2019 Basically, it said that allergic contact dermatitis is an immune system related reaction to an allergen that has come in contact with your skin. It causes a delayed reaction, a rash that appears a few days after exposure and can then last for weeks, which that is what I was about to say, is that anytime I've had rashes, I've never associated it as being caused by or even related to trying on clothes or wearing new clothes without washing them because it's not been immediate and not even the same day. 
Yeah. So yeah. it would be really difficult to pinpoint. Like you would always assume that it would be from, you know, something like if you were to try it on, you would think, oh, the rash would happen immediately or at least like within hours. Yeah, absolutely. Not several days later after you've showered and everything. So yeah, when I started actually thinking like, oh, fuck, it could be. Yeah. Um, as simple as that. And because it's something I do pretty regularly, wear things without washing them. So there was some quotes in that article from a Dr. Susan Nederost, who is a professor of dermatology at Case Western Reserve University and director of the dermatitis program at University Hospitals Cleveland Medical Center. And she said, when we see allergic contact dermatitis from clothing, it's usually from dispersed dyes. So that was the first point in the yeah. previous article. So from the dyes rather than from the chemicals. Sweating and friction causes the dye to leach out and synthetic workout gear are some of the worst offenders, which makes sense because if you'd be sweating into them and they're synthetic, which that's like where those dyes are mostly. Yeah. So when you wash the clothes, you're lowering the exposure and you're less likely to have a reaction to those. But this was the most fucked thing to come from this article, in my opinion. You can develop a new allergy from not washing. Um, If enough of the dye has leached onto a skinned knee or another open wound, it could activate the immune system and create a lasting sensitivity. And that like, is fucked. Because, <laughs> like, again, we, we had this kind of discussion the other day and that's been one of the things that stuck with me. Yeah, like, same. Yeah, that freaks me the fuck out. Like, I didn't know mm. my body could do that. Right. I didn't know it was an option. <laughs> and also, like, you know, I've kind of recently become allergic to bananas. I know it's not the same thing, but what the fuck happened there? I, like, Whoa. Do you know how? No. That sucks as well. Bananas are delicious. They're my they were like my favorite food. I probably just ate so much that my body's like, this can't be good for you. <laughs> we need like, to reel it off. <laughs> yeah. But I I asked um I asked a group chat. I was like, guys, have you realized that bananas have gone spicy? And they were just like, dude, <laughs> no. <laughs> they have not. <laughs> oh fuck, I love that. They're like the most fucking like non-spicy food. <laughs> I know that's why it was quite. I was quite like, perturbed. how white have you become? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I've reached peak white now. Bananas are too spicy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can develop an allergic reaction. Um, yeah. Was there anything else from that particular article? From that article, yeah. So allergies aside, in a in that article, it mentions that in a 2014 study from Stockholm University in Sweden, researchers tested 31 clothing clothing <laughs> clothing. I think this happened last time too, but a different way. <laughs> 31 clothing samples purchased at retail stores that were diverse in color, material, brand, country of manufacture, and price. And they found a type of chemical compound called quinoline in 29 of the 31 samples, um, which is a lot. Um, So levels were especially high in polyester garments. And quinoline is used in clothing dyes. Uh, The US EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, classified it as a possible human carcinogen linked to tumor-initiating activity in mice. (laughs) And I remember we discussed this last time. Because you had pointed out that there's a lot of things that are classed as possible carcinogens that are like staying up too late. Or like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there's, yeah. Um, from my understanding, it's like grade two and grade three carcinogens. So it's like in large, ex- like a large exposure to it could potentially lead to, to to cancer. And then that, for instance, like other things like not 
getting consistent sleeping times and and um all that kind of stuff is also a carcinogen but then staring into the microwave using a laptop on your dick like (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) that old chestnut um but then but yeah and then like it made car and I think about how like okay so in small doses that's not particularly bad but then what about the people working in the manufacturing like manufacturing the garments then yeah like long-term exposure in small amounts yeah yeah people working at the microwave factory (laughs) those poor bastards (laughs) yeah so the other things that two other chemical compounds that turned up in the clothing were nitroanilines and benzothiazoles uh which lab and animal evidence has linked to adverse health effects including cancer as well but you know grain of salt David Andrews, who is a senior scientist with the Environmental Working Group who investigated the use of chemicals in the textile industry, said clothing is often treated with stain repellents, colour fasteners, anti-wrinkle agents, softness enhancers, waterproofing, any any number of other chemicals. So clothing manufacturers don't have to disclose any of those to the customers. So many of the chemicals have little or no research backing their safety, which is fucking nuts because you think that you're ordering, like if something says 100% cotton and you're like, oh, sweet, it's just cotton. It's fucking not. Like they've treated it with God knows what. And that's also why, I mean, I'm pretty sure we were saying um, when we recorded the first half of this, that when, you know, you get new clothes, they're softer. Like yes. it feels nicer and that's why you uh, want to wear them because you wash them and then you're like, oh, now it's all fucked and rigid or it doesn't huh. sit right. And it's because it's treated with the, the exact chemicals that are probably the ones that are causing these rashes or causing the issues are actually what is making the clothing feel nice. Fuck. So That didn't yeah. even occur to me. I I wonder if that, yeah, but, I mean, there's just surely got to be something to that because it loses that softness. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, I, and I wonder if it's put on there like almost specifically as like a, to like trick people into buying it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I I buy into that. That's headcount yeah. at the very least. It got to a point for me where like because I'm so used to wearing things or like, you know, buying something new, being like, yes, it's super soft. And because I'm really focused on like how things feel. Like they mm-hmm. if it's a little bit itchy or a little bit stiff, I can't fucking stand it and it'll drive me crazy all day. So I was really focused on like finding, you know, t-shirts and stuff that felt really soft. And then I would wash them and be like, what the fuck? I ended up investing in fucking fabric softener because I was like, just fucking at least this way it's something. Like, Does it it's work? Helping, you know? um, it works a little bit, yeah. Like okay. I noticed things are a little bit softer. The last article that I read was a choice article called Chemicals in Clothing uh, published in September 2014 by Kate Brown. And that was the one where it talked about how in Australia – there are no legally prescribed limits on the use of any of the chemicals that they use in textiles, and it might be impossible to import some of those chemicals to use in Australia, but there's no problem having the very same chemicals arrive in an order of T-shirts from overseas. And there was, let's see, who was it? Andrea Schmickus? <laughs> Still such a great name. I'm not over it. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, that's a good one. He is a former senior industry advisor to the Council of Textile and Fashion Industries of Australia said he was shocked by the lack of active regulation in the Australian market and that (laughs) products that are made in China for the Australian market could not even be sent back to China as many of them would not meet the Chinese product safety standards but are acceptable here. That's absolutely fucked to me. I have not been able to stop thinking about that. Yeah, and it's like, and it's not even to me like, 
well, Australia's better than China. It's like, that's not surprising to me. Like, like, it's more just like, there's so many fucking people and so much shit going on there. Like, how are they that organized that they can have way better regulations than us? We're such a small fucking country. Can't we figure this out? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess that's like, and this is not me advocating for authoritarian regimes, but if that was something that that government decided they cared about, I guess they can go ahead and put that legislation through. That's true, actually. No sweat. But that doesn't give our government a pass for not fucking doing anything. Yeah, like Um, trying to protect people. Like, this is something as well that I kind of only just realised, like, all food items we have that we put into our bodies have a list of ingredients. Like, by law, have to have a list of ingredients. How can things that we put on our body, our breathing skin, how can that not have protections or, like, um, regulations around it? It's just... Exactly. Which leads me to the next fucking quote, which was that the most dangerous way for a toxin to enter the body is not through the digestive system, but through the skin, which like, yeah, exactly what you just said. (laughs) So it's like, how how can there not be anything to protect you? Like the biggest fucking organ or whatever. Skin's an organ, right? Yeah. 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 So it's like, how is that not protected? And yet, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which, you know, this, this made me think about a little bit as well. Are people washing their face masks before they wear them? I didn't. Fuck. Right? (laughs) So in regards to the body, like, shit entering through the skin and not the digestive system, um, that schmickers guy, uh, another (laughs) quote from him, we have strong regulation and monitoring of imported food, but we're not even thinking about regulating the levels of chemicals being used in clothing processes. The very last part of my research was in that, at the end of that article, there was a couple of case studies, which, you know, you already know these, but I'm still going to read them again. I forgot them. (laughs) Oh, perfect. There was one called Shoes That Burned. A Victorian woman bought a pair of canvas and rubber ballet style shoes from a large shopping center in Melbourne. After she wore them in the rain, she developed what appeared to be chemical burns on her feet where the shoes had made contact. After being put in contact with Monash University, she was shown photos of other people who'd had a similar reaction to the same brand of shoes. It's believed the shoes were treated with a chemical that's used as a fungicide and rubber accelerator, which was easily released when the shoes got wet. Jesus fuck. The other story was called Hives All Over, and it said a Sydney mum bought a new school t-shirt for her 10-year-old son from the school uniform shop. He put it on and headed off to school. She says that by early afternoon, he had a lump on his neck and not long after that, his entire back was covered in hives. By the time he arrived home in the evening, his mother was shocked to discover he had hives all over his body, what she describes as clumps and welts, and some were as big as his hand. He and his mother believed they were directly caused by wearing the new t-shirt without washing it first. Yeah. And see, that's, that's more what I expected, I guess, is like you get a rash the same day. I mean, that's obviously like a pretty severe reaction, and I imagine that would be what it was saying earlier about where children are often more sensitive or more allergic. Mm -hmm. So that was my research. I'll go back to my conclusions from that after at the end. But what did you find? Uh, So you basically covered more than everything I found. Really, the only two things worth noting was that, um, so it was a men's health article from 2013. And um, the doctor quoted in it, Uh, mentioned that the dyes that you were talking about um, and the resins and stuff uh, up to seven percent of the population may have an allergy to it without necessarily knowing from the treat like an allergy to the treatment to the treatment yes sorry oh and then the other thing you said this is this is not informative but he's like i like to wash 
my clothes twice before wearing them. Oh, like, fuck, fuck off. off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. I am willing to go so far as to wash my clothes in cold water with detergent yeah. once. Concede one wash. <laughs> exactly. We'll <laughs> meet in the middle. Yeah. So unfortunately, I don't have a lot to to give you. But yeah, I'm actually like, again, I'm coming into this with having received this information a few days ago. Yeah. Um, but it has not left my mind the fact that there's just this glaring oversight or deliberate oversight of not regulating the things we put on our bodies. Like that's fucked. Yeah. And also the conditions that the people are working in, um, like there's a how it's made video of, of denim jeans and like they're just getting sprayed down with everything and that can't be good for the workers long term even if they are wearing um like a mask protective stuff yeah i think that as well about like fast fashion and stuff like and i yeah. think a lot of the clothes that i order i'm a bit of a shit and i order things that are like i buy stuff on sale because i'm not rich yeah same. um but I buy nice things. Like, I don't like having cheap shit. Like, I like having cheap nice things. Nice things that I got at a bargain. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. But for that reason, I think I feel, or I've sort of, like, deluded myself into thinking that it was fine to not wash them because it's like, oh, this didn't come from some, like, slave labor factory or something awful for the most, hopefully, for the most part. Um, But it doesn't negate that, like, it could still have been treated with god knows what like i think it's easy to sort of trick yourself into thinking that because we live in this sort of bubble in a lot of ways like you know we do have a pretty privileged existence we're certainly not slaving away in sweatshops um to think that we wouldn't be exposed to that or that they wouldn't dare ship us things that were like that you know what i mean like there's this weird sort of in australia yeah like the government wouldn't allow that exactly (laughs) i think i assumed that there would have been regulations already sorry just remind me only like an hour ago someone linked to me this thing so sea folly the swimwear brand yeah, um, yeah i think today announced that they've gone broke and someone was like oh by the way they made my lecturer sign an nda when she worked for them because they had uh immigrants working there illegally in illegal conditions in like sweatshop like conditions oh, and then i was like wait what and that same person was like, oh, yeah, sweatshops in Australia are a thing. Around 40 to 50% of uh, Australia-made clothes are made in sweatshop-like conditions. And I've heard some really weak excuses like, oh, but if they didn't have those jobs, then they'd have no jobs. I'm like, that's not how it works. Yeah. I am sorry that I don't actually have a lot to give you because I think you did really awesome and thorough kind of research. I think um, that's right. I mean, we had a lot of back and forth about um, the research that I did do. So I think that, yeah. you know. We learned. We both learned. Yeah, and I I feel a bit gross because it's like, oh, there's already so much on my plate. But it's like, well, actually, I probably should look more into, you know, these issues around regulations and stuff because it will it's it, it already is from what we talked about in terms of, like, sweatshop and, you know, carcinogen exposure. Like, it is a racial issue because oh, yeah. they will use, you know, immigrant labour yep. or getting – shipping in stuff from you know developing nations and stuff like that mm-hmm. and um, even the the thing of not having to think about it or th- it's like that's like a privilege <laughs> in itself or thinking like it's not like i think oh because i'm white i don't have to think about it but it's like because i live in a fucking first world country i assume privilege you know what i mean yeah. or i think that like oh i wouldn't be exposed to something that was that dangerous 
Like they would put a warning label on it if I had to wash it first. For sure. That's huge privilege. And also not being, you know, I don't have immediate contact with anyone who works in those sorts of conditions. So yeah, I'm able to turn away from it, but I think. Yeah. And we've not had to see it firsthand. Like we've not had to see someone suffer from that and then be like, yeah, it was actually because I worked in this factory or because I was exposed to these clothing, like textile chemicals. I think it's important for myself to go away and look more into like, at the very least, who is transparent about they, what they're using and yeah. stuff like that so. and who they're exposing to it or how it's treated because yeah. i'm sure like these like i'm sure there's a lot of stuff that's more automated than how it used to be in terms For of sure. like with just machines and fact, you know there's just a few people on the floor doing stuff like making sure the machines are operating right yeah, but absolutely. it's still like not as many as you would think yeah <laughs> so i feel like you'll you was well and truly on the hill of yes you should wash your clothes but like the food one it's like eh, you can you can scoot down to the bottom of the hill sometimes it's like figure it out like it's a case-by-case basis like depending where you bought it from um both like any things that i have arriving in the next couple weeks i bought stuff from there before i'm fine so I'm like, eh, like it's, it's not, okay. yeah, it's probably all right. But it definitely made me like reevaluate my fucking skin rashes and shit. So I think we both. Well, you said yes. You didn't have to ship tails, man. Because you, you said that you don't do it yourself, but you did do it for like Robert and Edgar and that you recognize that it's something you should probably do. I guess I'm like digging my heels in now. That it's like enough to do it for yourself as well. <laughs> yeah, I think I should treat myself the same. Thanks for listening to A Hill to Die On this week. Uh, next time we will be asking, is the death penalty a just punishment? But until then, you can find us on Twitter at A Hill to Die On Pod. You can like us on Facebook at A Hill to Die On. You can visit our website, a hill to die on pod.com. You can like us or follow us on Instagram, a hill to die on pod. You can possibly give us some cash at patreon.com slash hill to die on pod. And then send us an email. We'll never fucking read. We might. We'll check it one day. Um, hill to die on pod at gmail.com, which also like I wouldn't mind people slinging suggestions if they have episode ideas, if you've gotten in a fight with your roommate about something and you want us to settle it and do the research for you. Uh, yeah i wouldn't yeah, I mind try and arm you. yeah like i mean you can become a patreon and you're guaranteed that we will cover it um but if you just have a suggestion we might say no but if it's good we might do it okay bye bye